loyal listeners, if you would like to get the HLS podcast ad free, as well as get some bonus content like the National Recap Podcast, as well as some other random musings from myself, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash ndtechs. It is just $1 a month or more, if you so choose, to access all of this bonus content. And I would like to thank new patrons, Brian S. and Brent L. Thank you all so much for your support. Hello and welcome to another Victory Edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to our little pod while it still lasts for the next month or so over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Twitch.tv slash herlittlesons is where you can find us Thursday evening around the 9 o'clock central hour. And of course, you can always find us at her home at herlittlesons.com. With that said, time to bring in Shane. Shane, how you doing? He's intact. Santa yeah. saved. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a, it was a kind of a chill weekend, man. I mean, not not gonna lie, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was very Twitter heavy. I would say it was one of those games where everyone's got some shit to talk because it's Navy. Um, but you know, it was just an especially drawn out broadcast by NBC. So there's a lot of content. It was, it was a fun, it was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, as fun as a Navy game could get, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think if there was ever a time for me to consume a, a game during the, my grandma's 80th birthday party, uh, th- <laughs> this would be the one, uh, it ended up going fine. It wasn't, it wasn't ever stressful. It was just, it had that fucking vibe, man. It was just yep. that. Yeah, it, it very much. I mean, God, did the sim predict this one very super closely. dead on, save very for the, the burst at the end of the game, which was the only thing it did not call. Uh, but yeah. everything from the nose blowing up the A gap and ruining a quarterback's life right off the bat to that the game is just had a weird vibe. Davey couldn't score worth a shit. Um, all that stuff happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And. Man, it's going to be weird to talk about this game because it it very much had that ho-hum feel to it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, even the offense, like Jack Cohn had had his moments, but at least he got him out of the way early. And he didn't have a bad game. Only six passes hit the ground. It Mm -hmm. was the dude, come on. Are you running into sacks again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, You're getting sacked by Navy. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was the vibe. You know that I had this weekend. This this next weekend could potentially be a, a different vibe, because that is. I'm going to get the promo in now before I forget. I'm looking somewhere in between a six thirty and seven o'clock hour on Friday to start a twenty four hour marathon stream for charity. This will be at Twitch.tv/ndtex. You can donate at GameandFraven.com. 
This is the big one. My friends at Game nice. HQ over at OKC had their event last weekend. They raised over twelve thousand dollars in twenty four hours. I'm wow. already at ten thousand. So I mean, come on, guys. I mean, we got to do on. this. So come um, on. If you are friend, uh, fans at all of Breath of the Wild, you get to do something nice. very unique in this stream. You can donate, and when you donate, you can get coins. And these coins can be used to do things like, oh, I don't know, drop lightning literally right on top of my head without any fair <laughs> warning. You can outright kill me for 100 bucks. These are things that can happen. Uh, there will be bad things that will happen to me if I die enough, so it'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, it will kind of end around the Virginia kickoff. Uh, but if we're all vibing good, I may just keep the thing rolling, put the controller to the side, and uh, just sit there and chat with you all. But that's going to happen again. Gameinforhaven.com. That, that is the plan for now. Uh, let's nice. get to the game, Shane. Like I said, it started with Jack Cone, you know, kind of being somewhat frustrating. And then the funniest part was... I, I had a great old takes ex exposed tweets a couple different times, mm -hmm. just ready for bullshit. Uh, the mm -hmm. first one was, yeah, Tyler could just take this game over because it's a hilarious yep. mismatch when he's on the field with the running game. We're running all over them. And then lo and behold, Jack Cohn comes back out there and just throws a fucking bomb to Kevin Austin. I'm like, yeah. like I said, keep Cohn in there because the passing matchups are laughable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agreed with you. You know, the, the idea was like when when you saw when Buckner came in and, and marched the, the drive down the field, it was like it was the first time they had really successfully done that um, since, you know, since Jack Cohn kind of like opened opened the game. And like, a, after that, you know, they, after the field goal, they were they were stagnant until Buckner got the offense kind of in gear. And then, like you said, Jack Cohn just comes in and Kevin Austin hits that spot perfectly where the defender is just half a step too short to touch the ball at all. and that shit was gone like the second he took the th th that first step. But yeah, after that, I mean, we didn't really see much of Buckner again after that. We saw a couple of installations there where he got Logan Diggs, his touchdown, but not really too much activity from him or they didn't really ask too much of him yet again. It was mostly just, I mean, it was just kind of too easy. You know, like the, the defense for Navy just was well, we mostly non-existent. A garbage fire. Yeah. Yeah, and it really felt like Buckner came in more so so BK could sit there and, and be in uh, Cone's ear a little bit, just talk to him, settle him down. It's like, look, you're, you're going to be fine. Like, look, this freshman's running all over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is not hard. And I, and I also feel like uh, it, it felt like Cone was pressing just in general. It was like, you know, mm. just, just let this happen and, and stop worrying about mm. it because he was holding on to the ball too long. And then all of a sudden, it's like it, it clicked. And and when it clicked, yeah. it clicked just fine. It clicked well. Uh, Navy had an annoying drive in the third quarter that basically ate up all the clock, and it only got them three points. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Notre Dame just went right back to it. And like I said, that fourth quarter explosion, I felt like I had the game pegged pretty well. I really thought mm -hmm. Navy would score more touchdowns because I, yeah. I thought they were going to go over the total because I'm like, we're going to give up some bullshit and when they completed like the one fucking pass like here it is here's the bullshit drive <laughs> and the bullshit drive just never happened and and well yeah they marched down and then they just completely imploded right there was there's two back-to-back -back sacks like why the fuck you passing you ran all the way down here that was hilarious um, but yeah yeah <laughs> it, uh, it's just it was just bad choices all around man yeah it, it was i mean they they were really trying hard to do something just to get something to mix it up 
and you could tell just up and down, they knew they were mismatched. Uh, and, and poor uh, Lamatai went down with what looked like either a separated shoulder or a collarbone. Uh, they called it a neck injury. And, he, and when you could see him on the sideline, he was explaining it to somebody who was asking him. He said something like, when I turn my head like this, like I can't anymore. <laughs> you could see him kind of mouthing that he can't turn his head left anymore. And, and yeah, the arm was in a sling, but they reported it as a neck injury or something. Mm. I, I'm so I'm still going to put my money in the collarbone. Yeah, pile there. Because, uh, yeah, when he went down, he's just sitting there kicking his legs. I was like, ah, yeah, that um, something happened to the shoulder. Area. Yeah, the way he tried to elevate his head above his shoulder immediately. It was like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I, mean, I, I felt bad for him, uh, but, you know, rough things happen. Uh, we didn't come out unscathed either. It was one of those, uh, you know, freak injuries. You can't blame Navy for this knee injury. Um, yeah. You know, Shane and I were talking beforehand. Shane, you were like, well, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> like something. Yeah, man. It was happen. just the. It's just what Navy brings. And I mean, they, they did it to Cincinnati, but like, it was really just the like, Hey, remember, you know, you're in our conference and we can fuck your shit up. You know, like that was kind of their reminder for Notre Dame. It was more so like the, whenever we play, there's going to be some knee drama involved. Like that's just the vibe. And and there was a wide receiver for, for Navy at one point who lined up next to the tight end and, or the, uh, the tackle and the pitch man. And he just, he did the exact same thing as all the offensive linemen for he just dove straight mm-hmm. for I think it was the JD, JD Bertrand's knees. Like, and this is I'm talking about like an outside boundary receiver. So this is like a skinny ass six foot one player, like maybe 180 pounds soaking wet, just torpedoing, you know, uh, the, the skilled defensive players there in the second level. It's just like you could just tell that they were going for it. Even if they if that wasn't what happened. You, you, it's just always part of the package. Yeah, it is part of it. I even remember, because uh, I worked with the receivers way back, now it feels like an eon ago, when I worked with uh, INO in the receiver group, and he was trying to teach that block. And mm-hmm. I even remember when he said, like, he, he screamed at him, because it's like, no, this is a violent-ass block. Like, yeah. you need to go and try, and he demonstrated it, and basically, yeah. like, did it's like you got to take your arm, and he like whipped his arm under the tackling dummy while I was. I mean, it is a fuck your legs up type block. It's yep. legal. It's vicious, and when you're undersized, it's the only way you're going to get a larger athlete down. So that's why it's always scary to play these yeah. guys. But um, obviously, we're talking about Avery Davis going down, and it was one of those things to where. Just I, I didn't even notice it happen. Uh, like I said, I was I had no audio on. Uh, mm-hmm. I was barely on Twitter. And then when I saw them replay that he got a knee injury, I was like, oh, oh, holy shit. He says knees yeah. hurt. I'm like, oh, who fucking bl- like rolled him up or whatever? I was like, oh, no, it's even worse. Nobody yeah. touched him. So his knees definitely fucked. And of all yep. people for it to happen to is somebody that has been, you know, he he's like the bailout machine. Like if, if mm-hmm. shit's going wrong, throw it to Avi Davis and he's going to bail us out and hopefully get things going again. And, and unfortunately it was just not the case this time around. Yeah. I'm really, really worried about the prognosis or the, or the, the diagnosis really of the injury because like it just, you know, the way he went down, the, the angle at which he, he rotated to his left to avoid putting any pressure on it. Like the way he grabbed the leg immediately, it was just like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. And I mean, yeah, like you said, man, a safety valve, Right. If you ever if ever you're sitting there in a tight spot, you, you're like 
you know, you're hemorrhaging uh, dropped passes. You got Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay fucking shit up for you or whatever. Or you can't get it to Mayer for whatever reason because they're triple teaming him. We're just insane shit. Jack Cohen's in his own head. He's getting sacked. Like, Avery Davis can set you right, man. Give me 30 yards, Avery. I got you. No problem. Bam. Like, and then let's let's start over. Let's reset. Let's score. Let's walk the fuck away. That's the kind of thing that he can bring. And not to mention, he's a captain. You know? yep. So that's just leadership is now off the field. So so now somebody else is going to have to step up to fill that role and, and also be the mm-hmm. sure-handed receiver. You don't really worry about, you know, we, we've talked about the dropsies that Kevin Austin has had before. You would think at some point Michael Mayer really becomes that security blanket. That's probably been the oddest part this season that yeah. Mayer hasn't had that kind of impact like Avery Davis has had this season. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, now or never. Like, like uh, let's get it going before you go go off to the NFL because you're absolutely going to end up there. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's try to get this thing going. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Like I really don't have much complaints about the offense. Uh, we really didn't get too fancy with it. We definitely tried to overpower them, run it down their throat. It kind of took a while to get started, and the Buckner came in and, and righted the ship, and then things just seemed better after a while. And by the fourth quarter, Navy was just tanked. They were they were so you know. Get, get, I mean, Kyron Williams remained dominant. I mean, yeah, he didn't he didn't necessarily go over hundred yards. You know, I, I mean, just consider the fact that. You know, Notre Dame outrushed Navy in every way, you know, and and really out, outperformed them entirely. Like, it, it's as mm-hmm. though if you look at the stat sheet, you would see as like you would see a team that might have played for a quarter and then left. Now, that's essentially what the Navy's stat line looks like. They were so stifled and shut down and unable to produce. It was as if that, you know, it, it's really the game is not really about the offense. It's about the defense. It's, it, Notre Dame's defense is, 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 is the storyline here. Right. Well, I mean, heck, if, if we're going to go into that, should we go ahead and get the podcast business done and, and start talking defense? Mm-hmm. Let's pay some bills. All right. Well, of course, if we're paying bills, you know exactly what we're talking about here. We're going to talk about home field apparel. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the colder weather. I got to bust out the, oh. uh, the baseball tee. For yeah. the first time, because it was just, it was just, I didn't need the whole sweatshirt. I, I just needed a, a little long sleeve going on. It was perfect while I was running errands and just so comfortable. I mean, this mm-hmm. stuff is is the softest shirts you will wear. You look stylish. You look like you've been a Notre Dame fan for decades because the retro designs are just mm-hmm. absolutely. So whether or not you, you, you've been a fan for decades or forever, you're going to look like you've, you've been there before they were mm-hmm. cool, even though Notre Dame has been here forever. But details. And like yeah. I well, you said last week, they are back on their bullshit. The group of five designs, FCS designs, they're all coming back out. Keep an eye on on all the new releases. They have stickers now, Shane. Yeah, Sad Husky, man. The Sad Husky <laughs> sticker went bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how they said, we're surprised it's sold out. I'm like, nah, there's no way. You're not. You know. You're not. Yeah, I don't know when a Notre Dame sticker is going to happen, but uh, I, I'm sure it will at some point. Uh, and, and they're trying to release all kinds of stuff. The the uh, gray hoodies, they're trying to look for some more of those, trying to get the jo- joggers back in stock. So keep an eye out for it. How mm-hmm. do you do this? You go to homefieldapparel.com, y'all. That's go right. ahead and get on that Christmas shopping right now. I think I'm about to pull a trigger on some orders soon because, hey, we all know it's in the news. Uh, their supply is okay, but the logistics, man, it, it'll... It, 
don't, do yourself a favor. Get it out of the way. It's not even Literally. Thanksgiving yet. Get it done. Store it in a closet. It's what I'm going to do. Yep. And go to homefieldapparel.com. If you have yet to partake in the goodness that is Homefield Apparel, you can get 15% off your first order by using code LOYALSONS at checkout. Again, that is LOYALSONS for 15% off. Head over to the good brand, homefieldapparel.com. All right, Shane, let's do it. Let's talk about the story, as you said. Let's talk about the defense. You you heard a tidbit. I hadn't got a chance to really dig into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said Marcus Freeman came spicy. And you got to yeah. drop the knowledge you dropped on me because, man, that sounded awesome. Yeah, so apparently Marcus Freeman, and this is according to uh, Pete Sampson and my fortune over on the Athletic Podcast. Uh, they recapped the, the game, just post-game, and then posted it up. And I was listening to this, and apparently Marcus Freeman made it a point for the scout team, essentially, to ruin the starting defense's entire practice week. He went out there and essentially <laughs> was talking up the scout team, um, was kind of rooting for them to make the defense's life miserable. They scored all over them, and Marcus Freeman was basically talking shit about how the defense <laughs> couldn't deal with it all week. And apparently the idea was for them to play angry, for them to go into the Navy game and be like, we're not doing this bullshit. And in fact, it reflects, right, in the post-game presser when they were asking, you know, who gave you more of a hard time, the, the scout team or Navy? And they're like, the scout team. The scout team scored on us a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh i mean so it worked and yeah i mean we saw it in the game dude i mean the fucking eight man seven man fronts uh chevron formations of linebackers you got a linebacker starting at safety uh oh, yeah. chase ketter a quarterback on special teams blowing a motherfucker up in a tackle like it, it was amazing you see the sideline reaction after that yeah yeah, yeah and, and it's funny it, during the broadcast because he was wearing 27 they thought it was jd bertrand i did was, too yeah, it was Chase Ketter. And then, yeah, the entire bench emptied out. But, yeah, it was it was a dominant performance. Yeah, head over to Brian Polian's Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. Yep. He made sure to highlight it himself. I know that was probably a, a proud papa moment for him mm-hmm. uh, to, to get to say, yeah, yeah the, the scout team QB got to wreck somebody's day on special teams. And really, mm-hmm. you know, it was good to see that fire. And you could tell mm-hmm. the team had it. And, and you mentioned it, you know, Kaiser playing safety. When that was the starting lineup, I'm like, okay, we're going to do some shit today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, people getting hit today. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, okay, we don't have Kyle. No problem. And no problem. I asked for five down linemen, and there were times when we just set up a whole ass goal line package. Yeah. It's like, please, try to get through this. Yeah. Um, and, and just absolutely, I have it, I cannot remember a time where the Notre Dame defense on the interior did such a good job that they basically the the up back the fullback was not ever uh, a factor. Never, I cannot remember watching, and they tried a couple different times, and it just it was never there. I mean, he had yeah. I think uh, I think Harris had one decent run. He had one dive was. for like twelve yards. Yeah, and that he was got it. Him a first down. Yeah, and and, and beyond, and that, then he got backed up into a into a field goal. Yeah, right. and I mean it was it was incredible. Like they had some quarter-sucking, soul-stealing drives, and yep. then the worst-case scenario was they came out of it with, with three points. Three really depressing points. There was one time they were inside the 15-yard line, and then they took, they accepted or, or willfully were submitted to back-to-back sacks 
and then uh, which was hilarious. A, a four, <laughs> which turned a fifteen from the fifteen, they ended up having to kick a forty-nine yard field goal. But um, yeah, it, it was just like whenever there were situations. Which first and foremost, how many times have you heard of like a Navy quarterback getting sacked? It's not very common. But and I was trying to explain this to my wife. I was like, this this form of offense operates in such that that the quarterback doesn't get the same protections because he's an active runner. In fact, all of them are active runners. So you just kind of blow them all the fuck up the whole time. And that's kind of the whole point. And then they throw yeah. it away. And uh, you leave a guy unblocked and you got to read them and avoid blocked. And, and at the last <laughs> second, they'll throw it backwards. She's like, why can't they throw it backwards? Like, because backwards is free forward is one time only. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so like they're, they're going through and they're doing this. And when the sacks happen, it's never just, oh, Kurt Heinisch showed up. Oh, you know, like, oh, uh, Jordan Botello happened to get the one because he was, it was usually four players were sacking him at once. Yep. Like it, it was a swarming defense. I mean, that was, that was basically the strategy is we're larger than you. We're faster than you. And we have, you know, just, just better angles than you guys do. Like, let's, let's be honest. So unless you can stop us, you're not going to get past the overwhelming wall of defense. Yeah, but for the most part, the contain was good. I mean, you always know that. And the thing about the triple option is that when, when it's run well and, and you're able to do some kind of misdirection in there and basically catch somebody that misses an assignment. At some point, you're going to catch somebody sleeping. It's the old line in uh, Remember the Titans where he wants to run the veer. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, wait, four plays? This is your whole playbook? It's like, it's like Novocaine. Just give it time and it works. And that's basically the idea (laughs) of the triple option is that at some point we're going to catch you napping. And, you know, they had a couple decent runs, uh, especially on the one reverse play that they had. It was a really good run and they caught Notre Dame being over aggressive. But for the most part, I I mean, the long plays that I'm sitting here looking at the box score are 10, 32 and 18. Yeah, man. I will live with that every single damn day. You kidding me? I mean, they didn't even score a touchdown, and they could they couldn't push it together like that. I, it's not seeing Navy step into the end zone. It was is weird. Like all like is all I can ever ask for. It's just like not even did we get this in in Ireland. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because they they eventually score because yeah, they this, they get loose or the defense is just a little bit tired. Because when you're out there forever, that's when mistakes happen. Because you're like, God, I want to get off the field. And yeah, you and if you're out by that much too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's 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 one of those things to where somebody tries to get over aggressive, and that's really it, it, the triple option is bait, man. It's like, please, please yeah. come hit me because I'm going to pitch it out here, and there's going to be nobody there. Uh, yep. But I mean, for the most part, pitchmen were covered up. Uh, like I said, there were a couple different times where the, the a gap was just straight up blown up in the interior and the quarterback exists. No prayer to whoever it was. It didn't matter if it was our line or Lavatai. It was just, Oh God, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please don't eat me. Please don't eat me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the ultimate moment where it was like, okay, this game's definitely different was when we pinned them in the one. I'm like, Oh God, I even put it on Twitter. I said, who's ready for the bullshit for 99, 99 yard, yard pass touchdown drive. <laughs> and within two plays, it was a Humble. safety. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, that, that was the moment I think Marcus Freeman was waiting for. I think he specifically coached them into a frenzied hatred of this system of offense, specifically so that he could unleash the hounds if they were ever backed up with the punt. All he needed was Bramley to just get one good spot. And then boom, 
And it exactly worked because if it weren't for, I mean, yeah, it ended up being a safety, but it could have just as easily been six. You know what I'm saying? Like that. that yeah, absolutely. He, he just happened whole, to get there. Take the whole ass quarter away and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know what I mean? Like, the, it, and somebody, will, I, I could have sworn it was somebody on the, on the, oh, did Mike Tirico and Drew Brees were fucking joking on the broadcast. Like, okay, so now would be a great time for a, a, a 99 yard touchdown pass. And Mike Tirico <laughs> was like, it'd be four more yards than their record. <laughs> and they're like, what, the, what are you guys doing? I was kidding. I stopped speaking this shit into existence and then, <laughs> and then fumble safety, LOL. Yeah. I mean, it, it was great. A lot of fun. Uh, I was I was happy with what the defense did. And honestly, hearing that story about Marcus Freeman makes me feel a lot better about the headaches that we've had with him for the season. It's like, OK, this guy knows how to motivate people, because oh, yeah. if there was ever a week where you can really it's like, oh, God, we got to deal with this bullshit. And it's like, yeah, we instead of dealing with this bullshit, he made their lives hell. Like that mm-hmm. is impressive. And and there's been stories written about how Notre Dame, to their credit, has basically recruited people specifically for Navy Week. It's like, hey, yeah. find people that can run the option because we need people that can make our defense's life hell so we never lose to them again. And I'm I'm glad that exists. And the fact that it not only does it exist, but it exists now at such a level to where it can mm-hmm. repeatedly score on our defense makes me extremely happy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love hearing that. It, it, it's it kind of makes you think back to the uh, you know uh, to the, uh, the the triple option. Uh, uh, what was it like the the triple option scouting academy that was started by um, by coach? What was his name? Uh, uh, the, the, the safety's coach. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm what, sorry. Was I'm it an Elliot that had that? Or was yeah, it there somebody? you go. Yeah, Elliot's. Right. Uh, right. What did Rakes call it? The Elliot's Institution against the triple option or something like that. That is the exact <laughs> reference I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, this is a, a game to where as as bullshit as the Navy games are, and as much as we hate dealing with it, when you have something that is fun to watch, like Navy, you know, basically having drives that result in absolutely nothing, uh, that just makes me all kinds of happy. Uh, and they got three yards of carry, which <sighs> Yikes, that's man. bonkers to me. I'm used to four to five from them. unheard of. Yeah. They had 166 total rushing yards, which, what? again, when that's your offense, holy shit. You didn't do the shit. The only thing I'm disappointed with is they hadn't completed a pass in for fucking ever, and we coughed one up. It was only 18 yeah. yards, but we coughed one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but you know what I mean? I'll take that, man. You know what I mean? I, cause what, so what was their total offensive output at the end of the day? So let me let me do the math in my head. Let's see. 184. Ooh. 184. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's inc- I mean, it's incredible. That's incredible. I absolutely stifled, shut that down. And I mean, not that I think anybody came into this matchup thinking, well, this might be a trip up, but it's still, it's just, it's ingrained in the in the blue and gold in the blood that it's like, well, it's navy. Yeah. So, and, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting us to win this game by like 17, 18, something like that. I didn't think mm-hmm. we'd cover. I'm very happy to be wrong. That was money yeah. I was very happy to lose. And I was very shocked. Like Notre Dame, the total Notre Dame ended up with, I expected. It was yeah. the other side I didn't expect. Because I'm didn't like, what's going to happen? Like Notre Dame will put it's good for about 30 points. Because when I got the uh, total, it was at 48. I'm like, oh, Navy's good for a couple TDs. Like, I, I was like, this is going to be some bullshit. So I was very happy to lose money. I was very happy to read the game completely wrong. And 
it, it turned out better than I could have expected, even though there are moments I was watching the game. It's just like, Jesus Christ, this shit's so boring. <laughs> so boring. Man, that first quarter, I was just like, thank God we're watching a triple option team and this is going fast because fuck. Like, even... You my wife was just like I, I'm just like I, I'm just gonna scroll through Instagram. I can't watch this. We should have known. <laughs> we should have known it was gonna be bullshit when the kickoff got delayed because of the fucking soccer game before it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, NBC. Five, seven and a half minutes of stoppage time, all for a fucking corner kick that went into the fucking nowhere. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank but yeah, you. so so the over under Eddie and I had about when the fourth quarter would start, we lost it mostly because of said delay, and also ah. because for a while we'll discuss it later on the bonus Patreon episode. A and M and Auburn weren't doing shit on offense and just nothing for a long time. Nothing. Uh, it was another ugly game. It was ugliness all around. But you know, at the end of the day, Notre Dame escapes. And yep. not even escapes. I mean, but they not escapes. They, they do their job, man. Yeah, they handle they, business. They they kind of say, hey, Cincinnati, this is what you were supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to talk about them later. Holy shit. Yeah. We got to talk about Yikes. them later. And uh, the amount of undefeated teams uh, continues to be whittled down. Uh, Thanks, and- Purdue. Yep. <laughs> well, good to see you again. <laughs> I saw we'll, we'll do this on the free episode. I saw a meme of, you know, that that death knocking on doors and there's the blood yeah. trails. So it had one. <laughs> it had death wearing, you know, had the Purdue logo over him, had Penn State, had, um, had Michigan State and knocking on Ohio State's door. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah, you don't want to play with you don't want to play with it. If you're in top five Big Ten teams, stay the fuck away from from Purdue. That's all you have to say. Somebody's going to ruin your world in in the Big Ten. They are they are a team of chaos, and God bless them. I love those teams, Uh, but it it definitely fucks the Big Ten over completely. But oof, buddy, yeah, it it, it makes for but at least Notre Dame's schedule looks a little better because them and Wisconsin are improving. Yeah, and, and and you know, taking a look at the rankings, uh, at least when it comes to the college football playoff rankings, I, I got no beef with them sitting at 10. I think they will move up just on account sure. of everybody else falling apart and Wisconsin actually looking kind of decent now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, they move up to seven in both the AP and the coaches poll. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up there because – now it becomes a conversation of, okay, you have a bunch of these one-loss teams. Who looks good? And, mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame, I don't think they're the best out of the one-loss teams by a long shot. Uh, but they're like, hey, they're 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 up there. They, you can start making an argument for, like, the second or third let me, best. Let me just ask this. Sure. If you had to say, if you had to pick right now, which do you think is likelier to end up in the number four spot? Notre Dame. Or Oregon. Oh, in that case, it'd probably be Notre Dame. Only because right. Oregon's got to play a Pac-12 championship, and uh, they've looked dicey a couple different times. And quite frankly, Washington mm. really screwed the pooch as well. Yeah. Um, that conference as a whole is just so not not doing it. You know, uh, no no good wins, and Stanford looks is literally worse. And worse every week, and that loss gets like smellier and rots harder every week. So it's just yeah. like, 
I don't know. I, I, but then at the same time, I, I'm not saying I expect Notre Dame to climb in, but I just feel like if you look at the one loss teams, aside from Michigan state, which still has questions, you know, you, you have to look at Notre Dame and say like, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be right behind Cincinnati any well, day now. Michigan State still got to play Ohio State, so that problem yeah, resolves itself. It's going to solve itself. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's going to be a very interesting look. I mean, obviously, we're not going to sit here campaigning to get us up in the playoffs because no, no, I mean, no, I know no. they He's want the it. I'm not sure I, if I want it. <laughs> I want Ohio State. I want Ohio State to just go get manhandled by the Bulldogs just so that we can all knock that whole conference down a peg and pretend like they're the ACC and all of a sudden, you know, Claim this parry. I just want, I don't want, I want nothing to do with the playoff this season. Yeah. I fully accept no going nowhere <laughs> the fuck near it. Please. Because the only way, the only way you get in is either there's some kind of massive chaos ahead of you that gets you to three or you're playing Georgia. I don't want either one. No matter what, we're playing Georgia at some point. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, look, that, that, that is a murder machine of epic proportions right now. Look, man, please, anyone else. I would love to see anyone else just get, like, just exemplified. But just, I'm, I'm happy to sit this one out, please. Yeah, and the <laughs> thing is, I, I think what also helps is the potential of other matchups that are sitting around the New Year's Six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and really because it's, it, we could find some friends in the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan could very well be an opponent. I want that bowl game. I that would that be... And again, we said it before, like just for sending this site off, yeah. like having that be the thing, regardless yeah. of what the result is. Where can can we? I don't know if you know this, but if they play, if they were to play, do you know what bowl matchup it would have to be? I believe it's the Fiesta Bowl where I've seen it. Okay, sure. they would have to meet in the Fiesta. Yeah, because I okay. I need to double check the actually. actually I definitely I wrote, a, I wrote a whole thing on this. So actually, let me bring it up because I wrote a whole thing about tie-ins. I'm That's trying to like, think about the the idea of. I mean, if it's a Notre Dame Michigan matchup, like I'm at a point now where it's like, if I don't go to this now, when you know. Right. <laughs> uh, but if it's in the fucking Fiesta Bowl, it's a pretty. It's a pretty tall order. It has to be the Fiesta, and that's what I I, I wanted to check because I knew the Orange Bowl was funky. Because despite mm-hmm. the fact that we're ACC, we can't take the ACC tie-in. So right. we could qualify for that game against the ACC, meaning we would have to pay uh, take over the Big Ten SEC slot. And for us to do that, we have to be ranked above all remaining Big Ten and SEC teams. Not after the, Yeah. <laughs> so that that is after the semifinals. Alabama exists. Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl make their selections. So it could happen. Hmm. But yeah, it's a little it's a I little know, dicey. Uh, the Peach Bowl was mentioned today on some of the other podcasts as well. I'm not sure what matchup that would what, what would be the opponent in that in that situation. So it would be basically uh the list that happens. And again, if you want to see this, uh actually go to herlolsons.com mm-hmm. uh up at the header. Click ND Bowl tie-ins. I need to link that on our page again, or our Twitter feed, yeah. rather. Um, but basically, uh, the Fiesta Bowl is at large, which would be uh, Notre Dame, you know, is mm-hmm. in there, uh, versus another at large or the top group of five. Uh, Peach is at large and at large or the best group of five. So basically, it's mm. what you're looking at right now is ba- unless the committee completely changes their mind on how they view Cincinnati, which 
I think they made a pretty clear message last week. Well, so, I mean, I think this week they're going to have some some they're going to have their hands tied. Yeah, they're they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do because basically what you could look at is Notre Dame ends up playing Cincinnati again, which yeah, would be yeah. fun, which would yeah. be a fun rematch. Um I I think it's starting to lose its luster a little bit because they're Cincinnati's going the wrong direction right now. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about how bad it was in the. In I the still Patreon, would love so. that redemption matchup. I still would, would love nice. to cleanse it. <laughs> it. It would be a nice palate cleanser, but uh, you're really looking at basically a bowl saying, okay, we got these teams left. What kind of fun matchup can we take? And it's likely going to okay. be Fiesta or Peach. Right. Uh, I have to take a look. What are you know what the semifinals are off the top of your head? The semifinal, I believe, this year is uh, one is the orange, I believe, is tied in. And oh, so that isn't even an option to begin with. Nope, not an option. And is it and sure the cotton rose? bowl? Oh, it's cotton. Okay. Yeah, the cotton bowl is another at large, at large bowl. So basically, Notre Dame is losing the orange bowl tie in and one yeah. of the at larges. So it can only be the Fiesta and Peach Bowl. Yeah. Uh, for the New Year Six. So keep fucking winning. That's it. Virginia is, is, is by far the toughest test left. Yeah, they're by far the toughest that's left on offense. On defense, they tend to give up a <laughs> lot of rushing yards. A lot of rushing yards. So I, I think they're 122nd in the country in rush, in, in rush yards per game allowed. So if Kyron Williams and Logan Diggs are just taking a brief little gander at that, I think it's going to be a potentially long-ass day, yeah. especially if their quarterback isn't starting. Yeah, Armstrong, is. so if he's starting, he's not going to be at 100%. Getting no. an injury in the ribs as a quarterback is broken. One of the <laughs> worst things that can happen to you because mm. every movement you take hurts, and God forbid you take a sack because then that really hurts. There ain't a, yeah. I don't care how big that flak jacket is. That's a large nice. man landing on you, and that's yeah. awful. Mm. So yeah, that's it's going to be an interesting matchup, and and then beyond that, it's taking care of business. Georgia Tech, you know, they're mess. They're they're still a mess. They're functional. They're they're a functional mess. <laughs> yeah, they're good at making ACC teams sweat themselves a little bit, but yeah. usually don't have much follow through on they're, it. They're not as bad as they were when they were trying to figure out how to you know live life beyond the triple option. Sure, sure. they 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 kind of look like they know what they're doing now. But they're still not there. It's still that they've is, come a long way, but they're still in development. It's fine. Exactly. And, and then you have Stanford, who while they look like <laughs> shit, they are still uh, they're them and Purdue, man. Teams of chaos. Yeah. So you just wanna you wanna get out of that road trip and fucking survive it, and and just go because again, I'm not worried about style points of this. Eleven and one gets you a New Year's six. So mm-hmm. just win them. I don't care how ugly it is. Just get the fuck out of there, win, be healthy, and let's go knock off that stupid we haven't won a major bowl game crap, you know, dead and buried. Just just get yeah. the hell rid of it. And if it's done against Michigan, oh, buddy. Imagine, oh, Shane, imagine this scenario. We get that monkey, the big bowl game monkey off our back. We beat Michigan, which results in Harbaugh being fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which then, I mean, I, what if, what if no, it's not going to happen. I was just going to say, there's got to be a scenario in which David Shaw also loses his job here. Is that would just be, we, we need the, we need the one, two punch, you know, back to back games. <laughs> Stanford's got to realize they have a football program. <laughs> we got to force, we got to, we got to like, we got to egg or somehow coerce David Shaw into physically attacking another name player. 
<laughs> if we can crack that code, get his ass fired, and then wash the wash the planet of Harbaugh, you know that that would be a, a nice year finale for me. All right, Kyron Williams, we are expecting your shit talking to hit another level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you always know it's a good game when you you want to spend more time talking about the postseason possibilities a month down the road. Yeah. Uh, but hey, that's what happens when you take care of business. I would very much like to have easy recap pods to where you can sit back, watch people take care, not take care of business while you do. It's always mm-hmm. a good thing. So I I'm interested only by morbid curiosity of what the the playoff committee will do. I yeah. think this one is on some kind of special type of drugs that is trying to force an expansion based on the way that did the initial ranking. Probably. Um, but hey, it is what it is. And Shell, Shane, I think that about does it for us. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, just keep winning. That's all you can do. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, that will wrap us up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, make sure you subscribe to this little pod over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast feeds at. Join us in Discord over at HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. We will be live over on Twitch.tv slash HerLoyalSons Thursday around 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, you always find us at HerLoyalSons.com. So next time, y'all, go Irish, be Cavaliers, have a good one. Have a good one.